it's been a long time since we've just sat down and chatted with you guys. So, the great Loisos and myself decided it was about time to just hang out with you guys. Give you a little bit of Epic Film Guys flavor. Loisos, don't you agree? I agree 100%, Justin. So, it's been a long time since you've just like sat down, shot the shit, and reviewed a new movie, which we're going to do tonight. What? Yeah, Christopher Landon's Freaky, which came out a few weeks ago to select cinemas and drive-ins. And we both decided, eh, you know, you guys haven't heard us talk about a new movie in a long time. So what's up with you, man? How you been? I've been good, man. Uh, I've just been working at the Alamo Draft House. Things look very different than they used to. But you can usually find me at the front gate of the Alamo Drive-In, which is still happening even though it's starting to get chillier um but i've been enjoying it you know the drive-in's a great alternative for people who aren't necessarily ready to get back in the theater yet uh but if the film that we're going to be talking about is playing anywhere near you if you feel comfortable to go to a theater or if there's a drive-in near you then uh, i definitely recommend it we'll get more into that later but um, yeah and that's actually how i saw Freaky was at the Alamo Drive-In. It was an absolutely fantastic experience. I think you guys have definitely improved the movie-going experience there ever since you kind of created this pop-up shop, if you will, this kind of this experiment. And uh, I've really been enjoying it. So definitely glad to hear that. I mean, and we're recording this uh, pre-Thanksgiving. So you guys got anything planned at your family for Thanksgiving? Uh, it's going to be very low-key. My sister's in town and uh, her husband, and they brought chicken pot pies from Ooh. North Carolina. So instead of a big meal with all the fixings, just going to be simple, straightforward this year. What about you? See, yeah. Now, on the other hand, I am not going simple since as you are aware, Loy sauce, my diet during my normal days is pretty much the same thing every day. Lots of chicken breast, lots of broccoli, some steaks here and there. I'm going to pig the fuck out, bro. So we ordered, um, I ordered a Turkey dinner from a restaurant at Reston town center called Clyde's. We've been there for drinks uh, back in the day when you used to work at Bowtie Cinema. Um, but it looked good on paper. And I said, that's what I want to do, because we don't we don't actually have a huge kitchen or anything like that to cook our own huge Thanksgiving meal. And we're not going anywhere. We're staying home because in a few days after this recording, we're going down to Charlotte to pick up our new puppy, Gus, our English bulldog puppy. We've been heavily anticipating. Oh, boy. So we'll just be doing lots of picking up pee-pee and poopy on the carpet um, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> and just, you know, hanging out. I, I want to try to stream the Thanksgiving Day Parade because I haven't sat down and watched it in years. And I think it's still happening. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's still happening. I haven't heard necessarily otherwise, but I don't really care enough about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade that I... Well, it was a staple when I was a kid. I mean, and I sometimes find myself on Thanksgiving jumping on YouTube and finding like videos of like the 19... 90 thanksgiving day parade and watching it sure. is that weird you know what i you know what i still like i like the marching bands and i like the arrival right? of santa claus but pretty much everything else about the macy's parade makes me cringe come on bro <laughs> you don't like the balloons dude some of the balloons are pretty good um i i always look forward to seeing snoopy and pikachu Pika, pika. yeah i mean and, and now i'm sure if we watched it I mean, as an adult, I'm watching. I'm like, who the hell are these characters? I don't know who these. <laughs> but they always have the classics. Like sometimes they'll have Spider-Man or oh, you sure. know, they'll have some cool stuff going on. But again, 
that's just me, you know, digging in my back pocket of nostalgia, trying to relive the good old days. I mean, that's one of the things you can do right now during the COVID, if you will. Um, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually during my vacation right now. I've got a whole week off in order to get the, the puppy used to the household and the other dogs and stuff. We just wanted to take some time and just enjoy his company. And I'm really hoping for the best. Super excited. Well, I know you'll ex- be over. Yeah, I know yes. you'll be over to see him. I'm very so. excited to meet him. But other than that, dude, nothing else special. I've actually been partaking in sober November. I know a lot of people do what? sober October. But yeah, I've, I've, I haven't I've had a drink all month. I'm sure you can tell because my fucking eyes are bulging out of my head and I'm talking like a million miles a minute. This shocks me. Well, we haven't been, you haven't been drinking anyways. You, last couple of times I've tried to get you hammered, you're like, no, I, I don't want to get drunk. Well, I had a bad experience the last time I drank with you, so. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. Not, well, no, not your fault. I did get carried away because I didn't drink practically all of quarantine. So when we finally got together and drank, I de- definitely was not paying attention to how much I was drinking. <laughs> see that See that entire time that you weren't drinking, I was building up my vodka and soda tolerance. So by the time <laughs> exactly. you got here, I was a full bottle. Now, come on, bro. Let's do the regimen. But no, I mean, that was good times, man. I totally get it. Um, I just decided to say, fuck it. You know, it had been a long time coming. Usually I take at least one month out of the year. To, to try to cut back or do something for a re- reset or whatever and just focus on my gym training and my diet and stuff like that. So it's been great. Thanksgiving, I don't know is going to be difficult or not, um, but I know I'm going to eat eat a fucking whole house worth of food. So, um, But you're not going to drink anything. Uh, as of right now, I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to go the entire month. I think I'm going to stick with it. We'll see. If you You've made decide- it this far. I mean, if you decide to come over and you're like, dude, you know, let's let's do it up, bro. I mean, the thing is, dude, you can't go anywhere right now. I mean, it's almost winter time. It's cold as fuck. And what are you gonna do? Go sit outside at a bar and have a drink out there? Or you can't not, really do not anything. In, not in the freezing cold. And with cases rising, you shouldn't really be going anywhere anyway. So I mean, I, I go to the gym, dude. Yeah. I go to the gym and I go to the grocery store. Yeah. And that's probably it. Mm-hmm. You know, but. All that aside, just trying to do a little catch up here on the Epic Film Guys podcast. We are actually here, as we said earlier on, to review a new movie. That's right. And I know not every one of you has seen it because it hasn't made its way to streaming just yet. Right, Loisos? It's not available to stream yet. No, not yet. So it's still in select theaters and select cities and drive-ins. But it's a horror movie. It's new. And we just couldn't let this pass without sitting down to talk about it. It's Christopher Landon's Freaky which is another body-swapping horror movie. Nothing new to the horror genre, but a little bit of a twist. And uh, Loisos, just if our listeners are unaware of what this movie is, tell them what it's all about. Yeah, so you mentioned, I mean, this comes to us from the good people at Blumhouse and Christopher Landon, the writer-director of the Happy Death Day movies. And he brings that same kind of sense of humor and genre-bending inventiveness to Freaky. So whereas the Happy Death Day movies took its inspiration from the time loop comedy Groundhog Day, Freaky borrows the body swapping premise of Freaky Friday. And they may as well have just called this movie Freaky Friday the 13th, as much of the film kind of pays homage to its slasher movie origin. So the plot concerns Millie, played by Catherine Newton, a shy high schooler who swaps bodies with a notorious serial killer, the Blissful Butcher, played by Vince Vaughn, after he stabs her with an ancient ceremonial dagger. And the butcher, finding that his new teen girl body is the perfect cover, leaves carnage in his wake 
while Millie sets out to stop the killing spree before midnight when the switch will become permanent. So, uh, Justin, I'm going to throw it to you what your initial thoughts were of Freaky. Well, I mean, I came into this only seeing the trailer once. I don't, I mean, without going to the movies anymore, I don't like sit around and watch trailers anymore. Other than what we post to the Epic Film Guys main page, um, I'm not sitting around watching trailers. I like, for me at least, the art of watching a trailer is in the cinema. And if I'm not going, I'll check it out once, but I'm not sitting around just watching them over and over again. You know, unless it's the trailer for Halloween Kills or the Batman or something I'm <laughs> super heavily anticipating. Um, but I went into this, you know, blinders off, just ready to have a good time. And my initial reaction was, this movie's a fucking blast, dude. I had so much fun with this. And I'm actually a fan of both Happy Death Day movies. The first one in particular. Um, the second one, not nearly as much. I thought the second one was still decent, um, but, but lacked a lot of the originality of the first one. Because the second one rehashed a lot of what we saw in the first. It kind of did a Back to the Future 2, if you will, um, with the content. But... I always said with those movies being the gore hound that I am, that I'd like them even more if they were rated R because there's some great inventiveness to the kills, uh, great suspense. The killer looks cool. The mask, all that stuff is perfect, but they're PG 13. And I'm like, well, you know, you're making these movies to make money and they did very well because your teen audiences were able to see them. But I'm like, man, how much better would these movies be if they were R and they had hard kills? Well, Landon must've listened because freaky is hard R and as hard as an R as we've seen in a long time with this kind of teen horror movie, this is definitely the true love letter he wanted to give to the slasher genre of the 80s and the early 90s with a cool body-swapping horror twist. Now, as I said earlier, this is nothing new to horror movies. We've seen body-swapping in The Hidden and as well as another Friday the 13th movie, Jason Goes to Hell. But I loved the interesting twist that they did with this. You know, like a teenage girl... Gets the soul of a serial killer while the serial killer gets the soul of a teenage girl. Uh, just really cool idea. Definitely. And I think Landon has proved to be so adept at blending different genres. You know, as I mentioned with the Happy Death Day movies, you've got horror, comedy, and Happy Death Day to you, sci-fi, in a way that doesn't feel like a sloppy mess. Tackling one genre is one thing, but juggling two or three at a time and doing it successfully is another. And I think that takes considerable talent. Um, as he mentioned, because it is R-rated, it's allowed to be a little raunchier and a little gorier than your average Blumhouse production. And you don't see any nudity. And it's not exactly like fill, filled to the brim with scares. But aside from that, it delivers exactly what you would want as a horror fan. I think it's successful at playing with the conventions of uh, slasher movies of the 80s while having a more modern and progressive social awareness you know part of the supporting cast are millie's friends naya played by celeste o'connor who's black and joshua played by misha oshirovich who's gay and her crush booker played by uriah shelton and not to give away spoilers but the way these characters are utilized throughout makes perfect sense for the year 2020 you know the minority characters aren't caricaturized and it's it's wokeness isn't aggressively on the nose or obvious, just like um, the 2019 Black Christmas movie, which we saw and reviewed or, or the crap. And shit the fuck all over. So if yeah, you want to or... hear us shit on a movie, go listen to that, because I don't think we've ever been harder on a Blumhouse movie than that review. <laughs> or, or Blumhouse is the recent The Craft Legacy, which I watched. And it's not terrible, 
it's not as insulting as the Black Christmas remake, but it definitely wears its wokeness on its sleeve in a way that I found a little bit irritating. Um, so it just goes to show that you can be progressive without being preachy and pandering. Yeah, I agree. And I honestly, none of those things bothered me at all. And actually some of the wokeness um, in the, that was included in the kills and some of the dialogue was actually really funny. I remember when this movie Lois Sauce was originally announced back in August of 2019 that Landon would write and direct a new horror film for Blumhouse and there was no details at all other than there was going to be a violent figure wreaking havoc in a small town. And that was really, really exciting to hear. Um, there was some production delays, but I remember us thinking that he was going to be rebooting Scream, which the new Scream movie just wrapped like last week or something, yeah. which is titled Scream. I know we'll save that for another discussion. Just Scream. Uh, just Scream. No Scream 5. You know, let's do a Halloween 2018. Um but Landon debunked those rumors and said this was going to be an original project uh, as taking inspiration from Freaky Friday. And I like that this movie is unapologetic in a way. It's not trying to be anything else other than what it is. But I found all of the teenage characters to be pretty likable and endearing um, as far as our main characters that we're following here. I specifically loved her chemistry, our main character, uh, Millie's ke chemistry with her friends Nyla and Josh. I thought they were a great team. Definitely. And Catherine Newton is playing the kind of virginal Laurie Strode type with a twist, because for a major chunk of the movie, she's playing the Blissfield Butcher playing Millie. And so the way that she carries herself and her body language are completely different once the switch happens. I, I think going from that, as I said, virginal Laurie Strode final girl type um, and contrasting that with the the kind of way she plays the predator stalking her prey in a way, it speaks to how talented she is as an actress. 100%. She, she doesn't have as much to chew on as Vince Vaughn as far as performance goes. He has a little bit more to do, uh, but it's a very physically demanding role, especially when she starts killing people off. Yeah, I didn't really know, uh, I'll be completely honest here, how I was going to feel about her when the movie opened. I was kind of like not really that enthused with her character. She's just playing a slightly generic tormented high school student. You know, she's not the cool kid. She gets made fun of for wearing clothes that her mom sold her at the local mission or, you know, Goodwill. And she's not the cool kid in school, but she has this core center of friends. She gets picked on. She's the school mascot for the, for the football team. But when she starts getting into it and she gets to play, you know, her character and embodied by the bliss field butcher's soul, she literally goes over the top. She has so much fun and you can tell she's she's really having a blast with it. So after things started to build up at that point, I really started to fall in love with her performance. Definitely. On and on the other side of the coin, I mean Academy, if you're listening, for Vince your consideration, Vaughn, baby. You Vince can't, Vaughn for you the can't Oscar. question how fucking great is this? And it's so amazing. I watched one of those uh videos that they do. I think he did it for Variety or one of those publications where an actor will do like their body of work. They'll sit down and talk about each movie that they've done. And he did one, you know, to help promote Freaky. When you watch this guy talk about all of his body of work, you know, you got Dodgeball, you have the Psycho remake, you know, you've got Swingers and then leading up to most recently his work. Um, it's crazy to see him in this role. It, it doesn't seem like it would initially make sense on paper, but he's just so, so good in this movie. Well, he's convincing as both a serial killer and a teenage girl, which is no small feat. 
uh, and his mannerisms are pretty spot on and hilarious, perhaps a little bit more animated and flamboyant than how Catherine Newton portrays Millie. But either way, it's really a hell of a performance. It was what, what I got out of it, it was basically a less goofy version of Jack Black's performance from Jumanji, uh, Welcome to the Jungle, when he played a teenage girl in Jack Black's body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he takes it a little bit farther than I would have preferred, but I, I understand it because his comedic timing has always been amazing. So you, you kind of can't help but laugh at some of the stuff he's doing as over the top as it is. But I think that you can't talk about this movie without jumping back to the beginning And it was the moment that I knew that this movie was going to be for me when there's four teenagers just hanging out at this mansion, chilling out, having some drinks and the Blissfield butcher randomly shows up to kill them. And I'm going to go into spoilers here. So if you haven't seen the movie, stop listening now. Loisos, this movie gave me one of the best kills in the history of horror movies. And I teased this when I posted on Facebook that I was watching the movie and I proclaimed such people were trying to guess which kill it was. And I'm telling you right now, there's nothing more enjoyable than seeing a teenage girl get her head bashed the fuck in with the top of a toilet seat. How (laughs) amazing was that kill? You hear crunch, crunch as he's just pounding and pounding her head. You feel that impact and the blood just starts squirting out of the skull. Yeah, and has that ever been done before, death by toilet seat? I don't think it has. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be someone that's going to mention that there's some VHS movie that we have not seen, uh, a direct-to-video horror movie that it probably occurred in. But as far as I remember, to my horror knowledge, I don't remember there being one. And if there is one, I highly doubt it has the impact that this one had. Yeah, I I, I think... The kills are a big part of the enjoyment of this for me. There, there's kind of a long gap in between kills. The movie starts right off the bat with four incredible death sequences in the opening, one right after the other. So the whole second act, I was sat there wondering when the bloody mayhem was going to come back. Yeah, as much but as I, think La- I counted. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as much as Landon is, you know, doing a throwback, a love letter to the slasher genre, one thing he forgot is that you're supposed to have a kill every 15 minutes. Yeah, I think I counted 10 kills in this, um, all of them satisfying from a slasher movie standpoint. And even if you don't see the kill happen on screen, you see the gory aftermath. And for the most part, as far as I could tell, practical effects were used for all of them. That's right. And they're all very, very well done. And they didn't skimp on the, the blood and gore. Now, I know that they could have been a little bit more brutal. And me being the gore hound that I am, you as well, I was hoping for a little bit more out of some of them because they went pretty far and I think they could have gone a little bit farther, but it's still, it has some class to it. You know what I mean? It's brutal. You want it to be, you want it to be accessible. I want it to be accessible for... as well. I mean, well, they wanted it to be accessible, but I, I understand that point of view. And I mean, I think everyone will enjoy this movie. I think the teenage audience this is intended for will enjoy right. it. And the old school gore hounds such as myself will also have a fucking blast with it. Absolutely. So the stuff that didn't work for me as much, I mean, the movie has heart, um, which I, I'm glad that it attempted to incorporate some more heartfelt moments, emotional moments, but the emotional stuff didn't land as hard for me. Um, Millie in the film is kind of still reeling from her father's death and 
her arc as a character kind of has to do with the grieving process of letting go. And she has a strained relationship with her mother because there's a lot of, there's not closure between them. Yeah. And her mom's Um, dealing with it with alcohol and, and she's lonely and all of that. So um, there's a scene that, you know, of course, all of that is responsible for one of the film's most heartrending scenes and moments uh, featuring Vince Vaughn, but it, it feels really shoehorned for comparison's sake. Take the Happy Death Day films. Um, the emotional stuff in this film didn't play into the proceedings as organically as Tree's struggles with grieving for her mother in Happy Death Day. For example, in the sequel, when it's given that alternate timeline when her mother's still alive, she wants to stay in that alternate timeline so she can be with her mother again. That's really emotionally powerful stuff. And um, it just... In this one, it came across as them wanting to have that emotional impact that worked for the other films without really successfully integrating it with the story. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean, for me, at least, the scene that you're referring to kind of grinded the film to a halt and just stopped out of nowhere. And while it was well done, well acted and everything, and it had heart, I was just like, dude, get me back to the kills. Get me back to the suspense. Because when the film amps itself up, it, it... it takes a turn like about halfway through and the whole rest of the movie is just like a fucking joyride. It's a roller coaster, you know, it's a blast from that point on. But um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm glad they included some kind of emotional component so that you kind of feel for the characters and want to see them succeed. But, um, because this is trying to be more than your average dumb slasher with characters that you want to see killed. This is not that kind of movie, but, um, I just feel like it was a, a lot of time was spent on it, but not enough time that it was like everything's completely resolved at the end and you have that big payoff. Yeah, I know what you mean by that, but I do give them kudos for attempting to integrate that type of thing into a slasher. Um, I did, Obviously, that's not something that the shitty ones have. Usually the good ones. I mean, it goes right back to Kevin Williamson when he wrote Scream and having Sidney Prescott lose her mother they set the template for that kind of thing with that movie, like trying to add emotional weight to the characters so that you actually do care about your heroine or hero. Um, and, and, and since then most major blockbuster horror movies have attempted to do the same to lesser extent and to lesser quality. But overall, I mean, I went into this movie with very low expectations and it gave me a great throwback to the genre that I love more than anything. It added elements that were new and fresh for the modern audiences. And it was just fun, man. Like there was nothing about this movie that really turned me off or rubbed me the wrong way. I just really wanted to have a fun time at the movies and this movie delivered it. Definitely. And it has more than a few callbacks to uh, teen movies and horror movies of, of the past. You have Alan Ruck, Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off making a cameo as a very grumpy shop teacher dude he's an asshole he's a piece of shit man like i i I guarantee i see that's the most unrealistic realistic thing about this movie is that teacher if he treated his students that way in in 2020 his ass would be fired you would not be able to treat your students that way yes but of course we want to see what he has coming to him and he gets it. oh how glorious oh how glorious it is when it finally gets how it happens no i won't i won't spoil that one either that's one you have to see for yourself and it's done beautifully wonderfully it's so great to see a movie present that type of murder on screen in 2020 you just don't for a major release like that you just don't see that happening so i i absolutely loved that i have a nitpick justin oh no 
Oh no, Voisals didn't like something. Oh. One weird thing that I noticed that just kind of made okay. me go, hmm. Let's hear it. Let's hear so, it. So, it's established that Millie's favorite movie is Pitch Perfect 2. She, right. she tells her friends when she's in Vince Vaughn's body and she's trying to convince her friends that she's actually he's actually Millie. They, they ask, like, what's, what's your favorite movie? And he slash she says, I tell people it's Eternal Sunshine in the Spotless Mind, but it's really Pitch Perfect 2. Number one. These are both universal projects, so that's kind of distracting product placement, but that's fine. I know why that exists. Number two, why Pitch Perfect 2 and not Pitch Perfect 1? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, we see three, a, don't we see a Pitch Perfect poster in her room? Yes. Number three, there's a poster hanging up in Millie's room, but it's just the Pitch Perfect 2 logo, not the entire poster. As if someone cut a one-sheet poster in half, and they just put up the bottom half on her You know wall. damn well why they did that. They couldn't get the rights to use all the likenesses in there. It took me right out of the movie. It was very strange, and I don't I know why it, they made this choice. I noticed it immediately as well. I was like, why is that not the full poster? Hmm, I don't know. But you're right. They'd have to pay Anna Kendrick and Rebel Wilson and everyone involved with Pitch Perfect. But that, I mean, when that's the most of your complaints Bro, about a movie that's that's the <laughs> definition of a fucking nitpick right there jesus christ listen we have to be fair and balanced we can't yeah, just yeah, jizz on yeah. a movie no, I mean, all like, the time listen I, I i mean i had a blast with this movie i don't think it's the best thing i've ever seen but what this proves is that christopher landon is absolutely on a streak of providing quality fun horror movies he knows what he's doing behind the camera the movie is shot amazingly it has a wonderful energy to it uh the the cast all wonderfully performed here um he, he just has a spark here and i'm really happy and excited to see it and i look forward to seeing his future projects it's exciting to see when you've got the robert eggers the jordan peels you know you name it We've got these new up-and-comers to look forward to their new movies in the horror genre because they they love what came before, which is quite apparent here, but they're ready to build upon it with, you know, a modern edge. So, I mean, Freaky is no masterwork. It's fluff, but it's it's vibrant and it's funny and creative and often a real joy to watch. So it's some of the most fun I've had watching a movie this awful, awful year. And in the, it's one of my favorite horror movies of the year. Yeah, Absolutely. In, in these times, that's about all I can ask for. So, um, Justin, your rating for Freaky, if you would. Yeah, for me, for me, it's got to be a seven out of ten. Um, it did enough to really satisfy my thirst for blood. Um, it was fun. Vince Vaughn is a blast. I loved the cast, loved the direction. Everything about it was good. The middle of the movie lags a little bit. I wish that the, he would have stuck to the classic slasher 15 minute rule, but you can't ask for everything. What I got, I was surprised with and delighted by. And so it was a good movie. Seven out of 10. I'd highly recommend it. Right on. And Justin, Christopher Landon has floated the idea of a freaky death day, a crossover film where tree and Millie might get to bring it the fuck on, man. That would be awesome. Bring it on. I mean, the one thing that I would like to see is, is more of these interesting ways of doing extended universes outside of what Marvel's already done. I'd love to see cross it over. If you make it work, why the hell not? Give me a good movie. 100% agree. And this is me. This is me giving Freaky an eight out of ten. I'm pushing you just a little bit. I really loved this movie, and I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, man. I'm definitely. This is going to be one that I'll definitely pick up on 4K Ultra HD. Um, I'll add that one to my collection because I want to support the genre. And being an old school horror fan, I, I know a lot of people like to shun the new movies. It's like the cool thing to like hate on Blumhouse movies. A lot of them are bad. I get it because. 
I get it. Blumhouse, their track record right now, I totally understand that it's tarnished after Black Christmas. You said you didn't mind the craft. I saw a lot of people hated the craft, and a lot of people, you know, disliked Halloween 2018. But like, yeah, and stuff like Fantasy Um, Island and truth or dare and crap like that well every every few one of those they do is good and a lot of them are mediocre and some of them like black christmas are just pieces of shit but i got to appreciate their business model you know they are the roger corman of today turning out low budget horror and they, they have the right mindset for it and they have the right passion behind it so it is what it is i'm gonna own this one in my collection we couldn't recommend it enough on the epic film guys podcast and I understand that not many people have seen it yet, but I hope you do watch it. We'd love to hear what you think of the film. But that's it for this freaky review mini-sode on the Epic Film Guys podcast. We'd like to thank each and every one of you that continues to support the Epic Film Guys. And if you're new to the show, Loisos, tell them where they can find us. You can find us on any podcatcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also find us on social media at Epic Film Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we do have a Facebook fan group for people who want to talk about uh, movies with us. Just chat, hang out. The Hobster's Dumpster. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Epic Film Guys. And Justin, we have a bountiful Thanksgiving meal planned for our listeners, don't we? Coming up. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to hear this. So this episode's going to drop a few days before Thanksgiving. But Loy Sauce, it's not cranberry sauce. It's loy sauce in your mouth, <laughs> juicing, baby. So super special holiday surprise for you guys. So while you're sitting there eating your turkey dinner or whatever the fuck, some people like to eat Chinese on Thanksgiving. I don't Is know. That whatever thing? the fuck okay. you, whatever you like to eat or drink on Thanksgiving, throw the Epic Film Guys on. You won't regret it. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, we will see you <gasps> at the movie. Yes.